Welcome to the Healthy Hunter Show. I am Dr. Brooks Tiller, the Healthy Hunter, and I am excited that you're here today. This is going to be a good one. If you have somebody that needs to be inspired, needs a little encouragement, needs a little pick-me-up, this is going to be one that you're going to want to share. So I'd greatly appreciate it if you would share this. Give us a rating. Give us a ranking. Let us know how you think about the show, if there's any guests you want on. This is going to be a good one. Here we go. Today's guest grew up in a small town, Kentucky, in the hard Appalachian Mountains. His, his love of fitness and powerlifting led him to be ranked as one of the strongest powerlifters of all time. And as one as on one of the strongest guys walking the planet, he set world record totals, breaking records in multiple weight classes. But he does more than just pick up heavy things and put them down. As a coach, he's worked with more than just powerlifters. He's worked with countless individuals to help them become better and stronger. He's also worked with college and professional football team, as well as the elite Navy SEALs. Through his hard work as a lifter and coach, he's created waves and changed powerlifting. He's the author of The Cube Method and 365 Strong. Currently, he works with Sornex Exercise Equipment, and he hosts the Be Legendary podcast, where he interviews and highlights individuals that pursue excellence in their lives through strength. He's an outdoorsman, a hunter, an athlete, and overall great guy. And I know that today uh, we're going to be better for having our guest. I'd like to welcome to the Healthy Hunter Show, Brandon Lilly. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for coming, man. Not a problem, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, brother. So, you know, I appreciate how thoughtful and inspiring and encouraging you are um, more than more than the powerlifting and the outdoorsman. But on that note, what is something that is, that you're grateful for today that you're just thankful uh, you know, to wake up this morning and, and have, Oh, you already answered it that I'm, I'm honestly, I, I mean, there were days, a lot of years. I mean, I think everybody or hopefully everybody has a point. Uh, you know, there's an old saying, um, you have two lives and, and the first is the, the second begins when you realize the first in the first one, you're going to die. You know, like that's when you can really begin life is when you realize that you're going to die. And throughout my life, I, I had some struggles. I made a lot of mistakes. And I got to a point where I wasn't sure that living was the best thing for me. You know, I just, it seemed like everything I touched, uh, I broke or damaged or hurt people or, you know, I was just the common denominator in all my failures. So I felt like I was the problem, but as much as I was in control of being the problem, I could also be in control of being a better human and making better choices and, and being a better friend, being a better son, being all these things. And I started with the mindset of, if I wake up, that's an opportunity. So literally waking up is what I'm grateful for. But I'll tell you exactly what I'm grateful for today. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to have my health uh, again. I was 348 pounds when I was powerlifting. Uh, not always that weight, but I, that's where I was through injuries and some other things. I'd gotten overweight. Um, I competed around 320 pounds, so about 25 pounds, 28 pounds of extra of weight that I didn't need or didn't use. And... I just really started to look at myself and ask the question of who do I want to be and what do I want to do with that? Well, at the point in time that I made that or asked myself that question, I really wasn't in a place of anything productive. I was depressed. I was somewhat on the verge of, of suicide. Um, I was t wrapped up in pain meds because I'd had 19 surgeries to correct my knee. It wasn't like I was intentionally taking these things, but it was like, man, I just want to sleep. I just don't want to feel this way. So one becomes two, two becomes three, and it just kind of becomes a cycle. 
And then I was like, well, that's a problem. So I need to stop. And then it would be like, I would wait until I could not stand any more pain or could not, you know, stay awake another minute. And then I'd take a handful, you know, and it just became a problem. Um, and again, this is not like, I understand there are people with magnified problems of drug abuse and drug addiction. Mine were, you know, sectionary around the time of my surgeries. But when you're having a surgery every two or three months, you don't get much downtime to improve and heal. So, dude, it's my health and waking up. I mean, honestly, if I wake up every morning, you can bet your ass I'm going to give you a hard day's effort towards making myself better. And that's that's always what I'm grateful for is the chance to still be in the fight. I love that. And it, I think we all have those days, like you said, we all have days where we're just down and we're just wanting to, I mean, give up. And, yep. and I think that from from something that I really appreciate about, appreciate about you is the the two things that I guess uh, that I see a lot on your Instagram, your social media is, first off, your work don't whine. And yeah. I know that that comes through in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And also your, your plus one yep. that, every, you know, whenever you're like plus one, you know, you're at day 400, you're at day, whatever it may be. And you're sharing that with other people and you're being open about like, Hey, I've had these struggles. I'm, but I'm on the track to getting better. Mm-hmm. Would you talk a little bit about the plus one and the work don't whine and kind of what, what behind that and what that means to you? Well, so I think we have platforms and purposes, right? I think my platform to get people to know who I was. And again, this is all unintentional. This is not by some grandiose design. This is just a guy trying to figure life out. I thought that my purpose in life was to be a big, strong guy. What I realize now is that my purpose in life is to help people is to, to share my story. And, and, you know, I have a job. This is, this is, uh, I, I don't want to call it a hobby. It's a passion project for me. This is my purpose is to help people, to show people that a person can change, to show a person that has literally put the gun in his mouth, been at that close, like literally a seven pound trigger pull away from not being here. I could have pulled that trigger, but there was something strong enough inside of me screaming out against everything that I felt. And, you know, I want to be a voice that somebody might hear and say, okay, other, somebody else has done it because just like the guy that ran the four minute mile. Once he did that, a lot of people started running a four minute mile. So if people can hear from someone who's not trying to sell them a program, not trying to tell them, you know, you got to do exactly what I do. I don't want people to do exactly what I do because what, when I tried to do what other people did to find their happiness, I became further from my happiness. What started the, the process for me to understand my happiness was I really sat down and said, what is success for me? how do I define success? And that came on the heels of a a question that a guy asked me, Craig Ballantyne, he's a business coach. He said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to make a million dollars. He said, good. He's like, now is that in California or is that in Kentucky? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, a million dollars in California won't even get you a home sometimes. A million dollars in Kentucky and you can hide away in the hills and never be heard from again. So I had no grasp of what I really wanted. I, I just said million dollars because I know million dollars sounds like a lot of money and that solves a lot of my problems, but I really needed to understand. So I go back to my dad and he is just the most relentless. I won't say positive at all times, but pragmatic. You're not going to guess where he stands. You're not going to get an ounce of sympathy if work needs to be done and you're the difference in getting it done and not like that job needs to be done. Do it. 
you can you can whine and cry about that all the way through doing it, but get it done. So my dad kind of had this motto and he didn't say at work, don't whine, but he would just repeat things. Like he said, if you can fix it, work on it. If you can't, don't whine about it. So there you go. That's the beginning. That was the platform that became the purpose of plus one, because all these things that I can fix are choices. All of these things that can prove my life are choices. And I got so like I became so broken as a person that I needed to dwindle my problems down to increments. So if I needed, if I knew I needed to lose weight, every time I pick something up, like I got a coffee right here, it's a sugar-free black coffee. Okay. Now I could go to, to Starbucks where I went today and I could get the big Frappuccino and the big calorie dense drink or whatever, or I could say, does this black coffee with a little bit of Splenda in it get me closer to my goal or does this get me closer to my goal? One is going to get me closer than the other. So which one is it? Boom. Plus one. I just won that decision. So I started winning micro decisions. And here's something else that I'll help people with their diet. Know what you need to eat. Have an understanding of what you need to eat. Don't go to a restaurant and look at their menu where you see all the things you want. Know that I need to eat today an eight ounce, you know, burger, you know, ground beef at lunch with some vegetables and fruit. But if I go into a, a restaurant that has that, but also serves pizza and lasagna and all these other things. Well, if you've got a weak, you know, you're building up from a place of weakness, that's a very difficult decision. So you have to remove decisions. You have to stick to actions and you have to stick to parameters. So when I began all this stuff with this plus one micro, because the work don't whine sounds good. That covers everything. That's the basis of it all. You can whine about your problems all day long, but that's not going to fix anything. So work on it. The work on it is the plus one. It's the idea that every single decision matters and every single decision is going to take me closer to my goal or take me further from it. So if I can just get in a pattern of momentum where I am analyzing myself, analyzing my, my actions, and then analyzing the results in turn, if I have a good choice, a good behavior and a good result, why would I do anything different? You know right. what I mean? So it's a plus one at three different things. And then it's a plus one in the fact that I get to do it again. If I wake up tomorrow, I get to do those things again that get me fur further and further. I didn't try to be anybody's hero. I didn't try to write any story that my way was the only way. All I said was, choose better for yourself. You don't have to look like me. You don't have to lift like me. You don't have to run like me. You don't have to do anything that I do. But ask yourself, what is my measure of success? And what are the choices that beget the actions that beget the result I'm after? Boom. Done. It does not get any harder than that. And if you're convicted in those beliefs, you'll get the work done. I love that. And that's one of the things about the whole healthy hunter concept to me began whenever I had a patient come in and his goal was, I want to go fishing with my grandkids. Sure. My goal had, is, well, I want to be 75 years old. That yeah. ain't a 12 week diet. It's a lifestyle shift. Exactly. And you know, he had had a knee replacement and he wanted to be able to go fishing, like wading the Creek with his grandkids. And he couldn't do that where he was. And, and the guy reminded me so much of my granddad. And when he got to the point, I was like, my granddad's gone. I cannot, I cannot change that, but I can help this guy be there for his grandkids. And then, I, then it just clicked. I was like, I can help others be there for their grand, their grandkids. And I can help me. And, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where the whole thing started. Like you said, it, once you find that point, whether someone just, I want to have another hunting season with my 
kids or my grandkids, or if I just want to spend another day just enjoying life, or I want to, you know, I want to go on an elk hunt or whatever it may be, having that goal is, you know, in front of you is going to help you make those decisions. Decisions already made if you have that goal set. You know, I ask people this all the time. Pick a place, tell me a place you've never been, or just pick a state you've never been. Let's see. Um, let's, say, uh, let's say Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. Just, let's yeah. say Rhode Island. How do you get there? Well, if, to, you, if you couldn't, you couldn't use a map, you couldn't do anything. How would you get there right now? I would have to drive north. Exactly. And then what? And then what? And then what? There's all these things that you need to analyze before you get there. Right. So it's like, it's like somebody says, I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay. That's great. I want a million dollars. That's great. What are the steps that will get you there? What is the map that you need to follow to achieve these things rather than just winging it saying, I'm going to choose this diet because so-and-so said so because Oprah sold it to me. I'm going to try that diet. I'm going to go out here and do this and do that. No, because not every diet lines up with everybody's personality. There's no one diet that works for everyone. Um, so for me, I encourage people to, you want to lose 50 pounds? Here's some things that you're going to have to do. Are these agreeable? Oh God, I can't do that. Well, then you're not going to lose 50 pounds. Do you want to lose 10 pounds? We can probably lose 10 pounds on that, but here's what you've got to start with. You've got to start with what they want to do and will do and get them that 10 pounds because when they lose 10, then the likelihood and the belief that they can lose 12 becomes real and then 15 becomes real because sometimes 50 is just so big that you can't get your head around what it actually takes to do that. That's like the Cam Haynes must be nice thing. Yeah, yeah, it is nice to be Cam Haynes, I'm sure. But nobody's willing to do the things that he has done to be Cam Haynes or be a Cam Haynes type character. There are guys out there that are doing it, but they're not. They're doing the work. They're doing the hunting. They're doing the numbers, but they're not showing it. Cam Haynes is willing to get in front of a camera. And yeah. these guys that are hating on him saying, hey, I wish I could be like him. I do this and this and this and this. He has built a rapport with people by showing up every day and being consistent, saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. You can do it, too. It may not look like this, but you can do something. Cam Haynes is a huge influence on me. I mean, a huge influence. Um, he was a guy that got me really motivated to get back into hunting. You know, I'd gotten away from hunting for a number of years because of the powerlifting. And then when I had my injury, I had to look at my health. And it was like, man, game meat is awesome for you. So that gave me the drive to go in back into hunting from a very, very different place. And that's what I, I want people to, to hear about is like, you I mean, this is a hunting podcast. These are positive people in the world that are actively hunting that are going to hear this. So I'm not selling anything new to these, these people. But I want people to understand there is a difference. Because when I hunted as a kid, I definitely chased the rack. I definitely chased the, the prestige of being able to say, you know, I got this big buck and I got this and I got that. As I got older and I started looking at myself and looking at the process of what really went into hunting, like what is hunting for to survive? Okay. That is an opportunity to test myself as an individual, as a man, let's say, but as an individual against the odds, the odds are not in our favor necessarily to be successful. I mean, we can be, but we have to train ourselves. We have to learn about our environment. We have to learn about things. So there's investment. I wanted to elevate myself through a point of education about something that I had completely misunderstood when I was a child. And I don't fault anybody in my life for, for 
those feelings being there because I was taught the right way. I was shown by some friends the wrong way and I kind of fell somewhere in the middle. So when I came back to this, I had a real grip with what life meant because I'd nearly taken my own life. You know what I mean? I'd been at the point where I didn't want to live. So I understood what it felt like to actually recognize what death might be as well as the climb out of, of the appreciation of what life is. So whenever I knock an arrow and I'm looking at this animal and I have the question on myself, am I taking this animal because I need it? No. Am I taking this animal because it's a service? Yes. Am I taking this animal because it's the best food that I can give my family? Absolutely. So it started to take a little bit more of a spiritual tone for me. It started to give me more purpose. It gave my training necessary purpose again, because now I have a reason to be shaped and in shape and be healthy. It all just started to flow together and started to work out in a way that was so in line with that plus one mentality. I got tired of not being owner, like not owning my actions. Like I just built a deck. I'm looking at it right now. I just built the deck and I called a guy to price that out for me and I could have paid for it. You know, I could have paid for the deck, but I had not given myself the opportunity to build that deck. Can I build this deck? I don't know if I can build it. So I built it, you know, and that's the thing is I'm in a, I'm in a mode right now where I am trying to sharpen my skill set, pad my assets and love every single moment of this life that I can. And by pad my assets, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about my family, my friends and my, you know, my passion for life, because when those things are in place, my passion for work takes hold. And guess what else? The money starts to fill itself out because I'm passionate about what I'm doing again. I'm not just going to a job. I'm not just, and let's be honest. I have a pretty awesome job. I get to work with a really, really awesome group of people. But at the end of the day, we still have to deliver racks. We still have to produce podcasts. We still have to produce media and content. And, You know, it's just, it's all full circle for me. And that's what I was trying to say before. It's not a 12 week program. This is a lifestyle shift. This is an outlook shift. This is a taking myself off the top of the mountain and kind of stripping away some of that narcissism and that ego that I had to have to fuel the fire to be a great power lifter. But understand being a great man does not mean being followed by the masses. Being a great man sometimes means walking alone. Being a great man sometimes means standing on this side of the fence to hold your line, you know, showing up for your kids, showing up for your family, showing up for your friends. It's not very hard, but if you chase other people's ideas of success, you're never going to be happy ever, ever. Are you going to be happy? You have to define what success is for you. You have to activate those things and you have to work towards them continuously. Like raising a child is not something that you do once. It's, it's like, it's an everyday process. It's an everyday thing. So if your kid is doing good and you think, man, that's a good kid. I've done my job. He's going to be fine. And then sophomore year rolls around, you know, and you, and you back off, that's the time you need to be digging in more. And that's the thing with my health. That's the thing with my training. When I started 400 and something days ago with that real, like four years ago is when it all started. April 12th of 2016 is when I put a pistol in my mouth. I tried for two and a half more years to be that guy to be the guy that I had always been, to be the guy that I thought I had to be. But about 400 days ago, I got really comfortable with the idea of, I don't care if anybody out there through social media likes me because I got people right around me that love me. You know what I mean? 
So I started being able to own who I was. I started being free to talk about things that I believed in convictedly because I know whether it pisses you off or it pisses somebody that hears your podcast off at the end of the day, I've got family and friends that I'm going to sit around a table with. I'm going to start a fire with, and we're going to cook some food and we're going to have some laughs. Like it doesn't change who I am, whether you give a shit about me or not, because my, my people know who I am. My people care about me. And for so long, I was too worried about chasing strangers and I wasn't tidy in my garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now I'm in a place where I take care of my shit first. I take care and control what I can control first. And if you don't like me, let's have a conversation about it. Let's figure out why. And most of the time, you might not like an idea of who I am. But if you get to know me, I guarantee you, we probably at least you can respect the fact that I can hear you out and we can converse about it. Doesn't mean I'm going to change. Doesn't mean you're going to change. Doesn't mean we have to hate each other either. You know, so all of this stuff goes into hand because I want more people to hunt. I want more people to camp, fish, swim, get outside, raise your family in the outdoors the way that humans have lived and existed for thousands of years. I mean, we didn't evolve out of that quickly because it was enough. You know what I mean? We've evolved into a time where the world has passed us by from 1945, beginning of the Industrial Revolution, through now, 80 years. No wonder we're losing our minds. You, you, you try to download a song on your computer and it's too big, it'll crash the whole thing. Well, imagine how much information your brain is getting. No wonder people are depressed. No wonder people are downtrodden. We're getting too much input and not nearly enough time to process it and definitely not getting enough time away from it. Because it's constant. So it's mandated. I think it should be mandated for humans to get outside. I think it should be mandated for a human to know what it feels like to have warm blood and warm meat in your hand. You know what I mean? And not because you cooked it, not because it's juicy. Because you're cutting it off the animal. Because it matters. Because that's what got us here. And if we forget what got us here, we're going to lose everything that we are as human species. And I think we are doing that every single day. You know, we are becoming something entirely different we're becoming symbiotic with technology you know it's like if you really recognize what is a part of you as a human well that phone is never far from your hand you know there's some argument that now that phone is actually a part of your body it's actually a part of your process of thinking because if i don't know something i don't seek out the answer through my own hand or through my own feet i seek out the answer through google google gives me the answer you know what sucks about that and I know I'm on a tirade today, but I'm fired up. Go for it. Go for it. But uh, when I was a kid, I can remember wanting to look up the moon landing in an encyclopedia. Yeah. Guess what I found out? I found out about the Mohicans. And then I started watching the last of the Mohicans. And then I learned about other Indian tribes. And I learned about all these other things because there were 65 or 70 pages in between the thing I was looking for. And I'm looking for it. and I'm skimming it. And holy crap, there's this picture of this storybook the last little hecans and then there's these pictures of these indians and some of these things like we are not cultivating the mind that got us here we're cultivating a passive mind well what's this information oh here's a study here's a journal here's whatever okay fine now i know all i need to know about it we're missing the process of getting dirt under our fingernails to know that's where i'm at so all of this stuff be curious be excited be be crazy there's no reason to walk a line somebody else draws for you. No. Get crazy with your life. Have fun. Yeah. Get outside. I mean, we're we're meant to be active. We're our bodies are built to move. 
20 to 40 miles a day if necessary. Like if we had to, to survive, we can do that. When's the last time you moved 20 or 40 miles in a day? Yeah, I was yeah. elk hunting. Exactly. You know, with you 80 know? pounds, 80 pound, 100 pound pack, and we do 20 miles in a day, but the next day I felt great. Exactly. And tell me this, have you ever been to that point where you thought, I can't do this? Do you know the drug-like effect of dopamine when you get through something that you don't think you can do? When you don't yeah. think you can go one more step and you go another mile? Like, that is the best a human can be. Yeah. A human, the best a human can be is not stacks of cash in a bank and a huge house. That's the best those things can be actualized, maybe, maybe as things, but that doesn't make that person any better than me. They're not going to live any longer necessarily. They're not going to, they might have more opportunities in this life, but they can't march step for step with me and what I can do either. Right. You know, so I think we need to celebrate people's differences. Let those people have whatever they want. I'll let yeah. you have what you want. I'll let you, you know, I'll have what I need. Shit, I'll still cook you a steak. We can still yeah. talk about it, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, it's one of those things that it, I think that we don't know sometimes what we can actually take until we're put in that situation, until Brother, we're put in a tough situation. I want to talk about this because, you know, I if you look at – I'll just – I won't get very specific about this because I don't want to touch on, on things that are spark plug kind of yeah. uh, topics. But what I want to say is if you look back, if you look back through life and you just remove every other person in this world from the equation and you ask yourself, man, let's just look at the cons, you know, in Mongolia. Imagine waking up one day, tending your garden, and the next thing you know, the perimeter of the city is on fire. They're coming through the walls. They're raping the women. They're killing the children. They're doing all of these things. And you're next. And it just happened because you happen to be the next town over. I think they did this for millions and millions of people. That that's a pretty bad existence. Think about the people that, that lived in Auschwitz or in, through the Holocaust. Some of the things they endured. I will be damned on the sake of those people that fell under those type of, of conditions to ever say my life is bad or hard. And again, because yeah. I have the recognition that throughout history and throughout this moment right now, somewhere in the world right now, somebody is going through a hell that I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm sitting here talking to you on my phone in the air conditioning <laughs> with with, you know, pods in my ear. Yeah. Sorry. The grocery store was out of salmon today. You know what I mean? Like we've yeah. got to stop being so damn soft. We've got to stop being so soft. And where you get that toughness is through the experience, through the dirt under the fingernails, through the scraped knees, through the 80 pound elk pack outs. Those are the things that build character. Money doesn't buy a damn thing that I value. Period. No. And that's one of the things that I know for our family, we have kind of our values. And one of them is that you're tougher than life. Have to be. And, and one of the things I, I you know, my, my wife and I were talking the other day and I was like, man, I, I was outside cleaning up after the, you know, it was, it was nine o'clock. It's dark, but we'd played till after dark, had a fire. She's getting the kids a bath and I'm out there picking stuff up. And I'm just thinking like, man, you know, like I wish I had more acres. I wish I had more. I'm sitting there thinking. And then I get a text from my dad telling me, one of my best friend's moms has cancer. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sitting here thinking, I wish I had a couple more acres. And my buddy, his mom has cancer and she's having surgery next sure. week. Like, he, yeah. you know, and I was like, things could be worse. Well, and I'll tell you another side of that coin too, is on a positive, you know, like I was talking to my friend Terrence and, you know, he and I have a similar outlook on life. We have a similar, I mean, he's coaching me right now for some of my training, but 
you know, we were talking. I said, man, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not helping enough people. I'm not doing this. And he, you know, I was, it was one of those days where I was just like, I was really, really down about it because I thought, you know, I wanted to do more. I, I was perceiving that other people that weren't rooted necessarily in good or truth were getting more, you know, getting more benefit or helping more people or whatever. And it was one of those days where you're just driving yourself crazy. Literally in the midst of our conversation, I get a ping from Instagram and I switch over there and I look and it's a guy, he'd, he'd just written out a long message. And if he hears this by chance, I'm not going to say his name, but I do want to say thank you for the message because I was going down. I'm just like anybody else. That spiral still happens for me too. And I was going down that rabbit hole and I read his message and dude, I'm getting emotional right now talking about it, but it was like, there's the one that's the guy I helped today. That's the guy that, that I needed to remind me that it's worth it. You're never going to save yeah. the masses. You're never going to touch them all. Touch who you can. And sometimes that's one. And, dude, that's enough. That is enough. If we oh, – that's the whole problem with the world. We don't think one life matters. We don't think exactly. one is enough. We group people as statistics. We group people as all these things, and we just throw them away. Like, we just throw people away, and I'm done with that because I threw myself away. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, think that's, it's easy to write ourselves off. And I think it's one of those, the easiest promise to break is one to ourselves. Like I'm going to get up and I'm going to do a five minute walk. I'm going to sure. get up and I, you know, but then you wake up, I'm tired. And so then you go back to bed like, mm -hmm. and you don't, and that, that promise is so easy to keep, but it's so easy to break to yourself. And, you sure. know, and I think, like you said, like that one person. And for me, like I said, with my, my granddad, was a critical factor in my life. Just, it was me, my dad, and my granddad, we fished, we hunted, we did everything together. And, you know, I lost him. But then whenever, after I got my doctorate in physical therapy, I started helping other people. I was helping athletes doing all kinds of stuff, but I realized like the people I really want to help would be him. And, sure. and it, it changed the way I looked at things. It changed the way that I did things. And, and of course at the beginning, I was like, Oh, I want to help a million outdoorsmen. Sure. Well, it came down to it. I was like, you know, if I can help one guy have one day in the woods with his grandkids, yep. that's, that's, that's enough. If that's all I ever do, that's enough. And I think for everybody out there, like we start with ourself mm -hmm. and if you can improve yourself, you're going to, then that's going to pour over. You know, you fill your cup and it's going to just, that oil is going to flow over and it's going to get everybody around you. And, and I can see that in, you and all that your social media that you share and you don't just share highlights like a lot of people do. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people, it's just the highlights, but you'll, you'll gladly get on there and you'll, you'll share like, here's a hard workout. I didn't want to do it today. I didn't feel like doing it, but I did it and I feel better because of it. And you encourage other people. And I think that's really important that we focus on what we can do, where we are with what we got and not worried about, Oh, is it going to look good? And my, my wife, you know, she's in an entertainment business and she had someone that she was talking to and you look at their social media and it's like, Oh, I was on TV. I was in this video, blah, blah. But the girl was like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with suicide right now. Dude. A lot. Yeah. It, it happens a lot. And it's, we have a really strange, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but we have a really strange relationship with, appearance and i don't mean just how i look but how i'm perceived we have a perception problem in this country where our perception matters more than our ethos yeah you know what i mean um 
we will we will bend ourselves to look like we're trying to or like we're doing the thing that we want to really be doing, but we won't actually do it. And that's the dumbest thing. I was guilty of it, too. Like, I was absolutely guilty of this, too. So I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where that psychological process comes from to allow us to be like, oh, I want to get in shape. So I go on Instagram and I talk about getting in shape, but I do absolutely nothing about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can encourage other people to get in shape, but I couldn't encourage myself. So I think when you get out of, when you lose that ethos, when you lose that core value of being true to yourself, I think that's where that happens. But I wanted to touch on something again, to kind of go back to what you said about the people and, and controlling what you can control you know, obviously this is all I'm going to say about it because we've got a lot of problems and I don't have any answers, but I do believe in this one convictedly. I don't think we can save humanity. I don't. I don't think that we can cast this wide net and give everybody this presentation of, oh, if you abide by these things, it'll be good for everyone. I, I think that's a foolish way to approach our problems. I think if we can empower individuals, give people the courage to have conviction in their beliefs, to be educated in their beliefs, and then also to have conversation about differences of beliefs, then we can start to heal communities. Communities can start to heal regions. Regions can start to heal this country. That's what I'm talking about. If you want change in the world, it does start with you. It does start with self. Because if you can't make your bed, if you can't clean your household, if you can't pay your bills, you have no place to tell other people how to do so. Get yourself in order first. Create order amongst chaos. Jordan Peterson, it's a perfect thing. Order amongst chaos, and it starts with self. Yeah. Handle yourself. And it's okay if you can't. It's okay if you're not doing that, but be actively working towards those things. You can't fix them if you're not working towards them, just like a map, just like we talked about earlier. Yeah. You can't get somewhere without a map. So how are you going to get to health without an understanding of what it takes to get there? How are you going to get to financial independence without knowing what it takes to get there? How are you going to get to, you know, a reasonable uh, body fat percentage versus what you are now? You won't know unless you get there. There are steps. There are processes that are in place that people have replicated a thousand times over. doesn't mean I have to look just like your journey, but I can take bits and pieces from yours. And that's where the community heals through your action and your sharing and your behaviors. Like you said, that cup runneth over and you have to keep. You just have to keep going. Like that's what life is. Life is the perpetuation of going. Yeah. So sorry to no, rant. No, I love the rants because you, you mentioned the map and that's one thing that's really important to me is I think we all have to draw a map. We all have to write out our map and you have to know where you are and know where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Like you said, if I want to go to Rhode Island, I can draw a straight line, but there's not a road going to take me there. Sure. And even if I want to hike there, there's going to be a building or something in the way that I'm going to, have to go around. So I'm not yep. going to go in a straight line. And I think a lot of us see that, whether it be fitness or financial or relationships, whatever it is. Oh, I just do this. You know, I mean, you have some great programs that'll get people super strong. Mm -hmm. But if somebody gets that program or if you write a program or if I write a program, whatever program you get on, you get on it. There's going to be a day whenever either something happens, there's an injury. You're like, you're like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do what the program said today. Sure. And, and that map, you know, then, but if you give up on that, like, Oh, I, you know, I'm just going to give up. Like you get off track, whatever it is, it's having that map is going to help you get back on the track. 
yeah. of where you need to be. And I think, like you said, that map is really key. I think for a lot of people, we know that as outdoorsmen, if we're going to go from, from the truck to the, to our honey hole, we know yeah. how to get there, but it's not a straight line. We got to take the trail that winds and weaves and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's the same way with everything aspect of life. Oh, you know, and I think it's, people are already doing these things. People are already doing these things, you know? And that's, what's funny to me is it's like people will, it, it's not fun. It's tragic actually, but it's, it's ironic. I guess you could say people say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to be fit. Well, okay. Let's say it takes 30 minutes to go outside and walk two miles. I mean, let's say it takes 30 minutes to walk one mile. Let's be, let's just bring the, the entry point down. In that same 30 minutes, the person who has that belief that I can't walk for a 30-minute mile will get in their car, drive 10 minutes to a drive-thru where they sit five or six minutes, drive 10 minutes back, and take five or 10 minutes to eat it. You know, whereas with a little bit of preparation the day before with some meal prep, you have that 30 minutes. You know what I mean? So, and I'll tell you a funny story about this. I got on that early morning 4.30 a.m. kick, okay? That did not work for me. But I adhered to it because that's what I saw other successful people doing. Here's where I didn't see other people doing, talking about when they went to sleep. Yeah. They talked about when they were waking up, but they didn't tell me when they were going to sleep. So what did I do? I kept that 11 or midnight routine, but I was doing the discipline to get up, but I was deficient. It was actually making me worse because I didn't have discipline full spectrum. So I started again and I said, look, I'm going to get in bed early. I'm going to get in bed at nine. And by 10 o'clock, if I'm not asleep, I'm turning the TV off. I'm putting the book down. I'm not touching my phone and see what happens. I started waking up about 515 on my own. So guess what? The discipline just needed to be in a different place to right. beget discipline in the place that I wanted it. So I'm losing 45 minutes of, of, of time in the morning, but I'm actually adhering to it day in and day out seamlessly. Because now this fits, this makes sense now, because I justified, if I get in bed early, I wake up earlier on my own. You know, I don't set an alarm and I haven't, I mean, one day a week, I intentionally like take a little melatonin or something like that just to get some restorative sleep or, or more restorative sleep. But most of my nights I sleep seven hours to eight hours, you know, most nights I feel pretty good, you know, getting up at five fifteen, five thirty. Now that time I take the melatonin or, or, um, you know, like some of the CBD sleep stuff, I'll go to bed at 10, 10 30 and I'm up at like six fifteen, six thirty. that extra hour with a little bit of that magnesium, that brain inducing like REM stuff, that, that hour feels like 10 hours, you know, it yeah. feels like a totally different layer, but I can only access that when the rest of the discipline fits. And that's what I'm telling people is like, don't try to make your life look like someone else's. Find out what fits for you and adapt to that or adapt that to you to be better. So, you know, people hit me up all the time. Well, what are you eating? Well, I eat what I like. Like, that's the honest answer. I make the food that I eat what I like. Well, is that healthy? Well, yeah, because all my food comes from healthy food choices. I don't tell people to go out and eat pizza, not because I think, you can't make it work within your macros. You can do that. I just don't think that eating pizza is necessarily a healthy choice. I do it. I earn it. That's the thing that I have to do now is like, if I want that pizza or I want that burger, you better bet the workout that day is going to be hard and then some. Because yeah. now 
that builds a relationship with earning things. I don't just get things because I want them. I'm not a baby with a, with a pacifier. I don't just get it because I want it. We have to adapt beyond this infantile response to life. I want it, so I get it, period. What the hell have you done to get it? Yeah. You know, what the hell have you done to get it? So, and again, that gets a little out there with some people in some of their economic situations because some people have access financially to everything, but they haven't done a damn thing to do it. And you'll see, you can tell every time. You can tell the people that have earned their money and the people that get it easy. So, um, hopefully those people find lessons in life that toughen them up and make them appreciate what they got because some people will never have it. But that's the way I look at my health. That's the way I look at my fitness. That's the way I look at a second chance at life. Some people won't get this chance. So I'm damn sure not going to waste it. Yeah. And you're talking about people like, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. But it's kind of interesting in this whole pandemic thing. People that have, you know, had, like you said, they've got all the money. They've got everything. You go to the store and there's no food. Yeah. Well, well, now, you know, maybe those that didn't have the money, but they ran out hunting and they knew what to do. Now you had those, you know, they may have said, oh, man, it's not fair because they've got all this money. Well, now these people, all the money, money can't buy you food if it's not there, you know, and it's it's that whole. And like you said, I think that we all need a little something to make us tougher and just to realize that life may not be, quote unquote, fair. But, hey, we're all born equal. And it's the work that we do after that that's really going to, you know, that makes the difference in it. Fairness has nothing to do with it, in my in my opinion. Well, I'll I'll kind of I won't battle you on that necessarily because I know you get it, and I think you'll appreciate what I'm going to say. But people that say life isn't fair are the weakest people in the world because I can tell you this: watch Nature Is Metal for a while, watch that channel for a while on Instagram, and you'll see how life fair how fair life is. You'll understand that a fox will bite a fawn's face off yeah. so that it can't call for its mother, and it'll basically you know, scream out or it has the inability to scream out for help. And this fox will basically eat it from the guts forward. That ain't fair. Sometimes that fawn will get away from the fox and the fox will starve to death. That ain't fair. But guess what? The, the fairness of life is that it is unfair. It is equally unfair because I know good guys that have walked out in the street and been hit by a car and died and they could, could not have drawn a better person. And I know some scumbags that are still walking this earth today taken and thieving from every person they see probably lived to a hundred years old. You know what I mean? It's that's, if you want to look at that and say, it's not fair. No, that's life. Life is not fair. Life doesn't owe you a damn thing. Life doesn't promise that every nut that falls is going to grow into a tree. Doesn't guarantee that you're here tomorrow. And we forget that as humans, we are weak when it comes to nature. We build these massive structures to house ourselves in. We get these cars so we can travel to and from. We've forgotten how hard it is to be human. So we've forgotten how hard life actually is. We've built up structures that support a comfortable life, an easy life. So I look at myself as an animal, and I don't mean that in a funny way or anything like that. I understand that my body processes and moves in the same way as an animal's body processes and moves. There's differences, but it is, it is an animalistic structure. So I have to look at myself and say, what was I designed for? What was I really built for? I wasn't built to sit on the couch because I, you want to talk about suicidal, put me on the couch for eight or 10 hours a day and just watch me burn. You yeah. know, um, I was made to go, especially me. Like you can tell I haven't shut up. Like I'm excited all the time. I'm going all the time, but there was a period in my life when I wasn't because I was doing the wrong things. 
So you can't be excited about stuff that doesn't feel good, that doesn't bring you a soulful kind of response. Everything I do now is in conjunction with the beliefs that I have. Be a good human. Doesn't have to be a good man, woman, you know, lesbian, bi, transgender, race doesn't matter, creed doesn't matter. Be a good human, period. That's number one. Be a responsible father. Number two, be a good family person. Be a good friend. You know, be a good worker. Like, what in the hell is wrong with those statements? What right. in the hell is wrong with seeking to be good? I don't know, but we've lost our way in the world because we have traded things for good. Yeah. I mean, if we have that, we don't need a lot of these laws and rules. Like, if you can just, like, I'm going to be good. And if you left it at that, I'm going to be a good human. Yeah. You could eliminate pretty much every law and rule that there is in the world. For sure. But here's the problem with, with world peace. And I'm a big peace guy. I strive for it. But I also know how to throw a punch and I also know how to shoot my guns. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not stupid and foolish enough to realize that my idea of happiness and my idea of peace is universal. All I got to do is have one guy that wants to put up a fence in the wrong place. And now we got a war. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the reality of peace. We can't just talk at things from this blue sky approach of, Oh, we need world peace. We need this. No, we need better humans. We yeah. need better humans with enough sense to realize that if I do this, it impacts that everything has a cost. It may not be a bad thing, but every single choice that you and I make has a cost. And I think that's the problem is that we try to talk about these things. You know, there's a candidate, I won't say their name, said they're going to end the racial divide in the U.S. Man, that's a sweeping statement. How about the actions? How about those actionable steps that are going to make those things happen? Where are those, big boy? You know, that's what I want to ask. But right. people fall into that. Like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You know what? Under communism, nobody's unemployed. Sounds like a great idea. Until so you figure out what that employment looks like, you know? So people making these sweeping, broad stroke statements that sound good and they feel good, they do no good. They do no good. Because here's the thing. For the rest of our existence on this life, just the same as when a deer walks out and you stand up to draw your bow and it says, that's a bad guy. There are people in this world, regardless of color, regardless of race or sex, creed, whatever, there are people in this world that when you see them, you get a feeling that's a bad dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we need to stop tr- t- pretending like we can live in this harmonious world. Life is not fair. There's always going to be somebody that looks out for themselves above looking out for the good of the others. That's it, period. And I know I'm getting a little bit political, but I'm sorry. But I just want people to start realizing you don't have to tear yourself down because the world's tearing itself down. And once you start going in the right direction, understand the world ain't going to follow you. You know, you got to get right with yourself. You got to get right with your household. And that's really all that matters. As long as you're not hurting other people and taking from other people, I got no problem with that. But at some point that's going to trickle out and you're going to get called to a different level of action. Maybe that's holding together a rally for people in your neighborhood to say, Hey, we're proud we welcome anybody. You know, we're proud to welcome anybody into this neighborhood. Maybe that's your call to action, but that's how you get other people involved through other means. I don't know what what I'm even talking about at this point, but <laughs> I'm just I just want people to be happy, man. I'm I'm no. so sick of the world being on fire and people being sad yeah. and mad and killing each other. I hate it. Well, and that's the thing is I think a lot of people are you you burn your own house down and then you're mad at somebody else because you're you don't have a place to live. And it just doesn't sure. make sense. And 
you know, what we're talking about, like, I think it's one of those things that we, we have to start with us. Yeah. And, and whether it be our health or our, our rights to bear arms and to hunt, do, you know, to live the way that we were created to live the way that we've been living for thousands of years. Like we need to do that. Or if we just sit idly by, then the bad guys take over, if you will. See, that's, and, my, that's my advice, dude. I just took a dip so I can calm down. That's I'm all right. I'm wired up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'm, I'm all about it. You know, like you talk, you know, in talking like getting all, everybody gets all pent up and stuff. Like my wife, you know, you're sitting on the couch. Yeah. It, she'll look at me sometimes. She's like, all right, do you need to go to the woods or do you need to work out? Like, what have you not done? Like what's going on? Cause you're like, you're not happy right now. And she knows like, I'm, I'm super happy. I'm super energetic and I wake up ready to go and I, go till I pass out at night and then yep. do it all over. And the thing is, and I, but you know, back to that point of each of us has to do what we want. And I had, uh, I had a lady I was working, um, in a very Northern state at one time. And it was the whole, I think it was Obama and McCain mm -hmm. were, they were in their debate and she was a patient of mine. I was working with her the next day and she asked me, did you see the debate last night? No, ma'am, I didn't. Yeah. I worked. I worked till seven. I went to the gym. I went home eight, and I went to bed. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, and she just went off like, "How are you going to know what you're doing? Because you, how are you going?" I said, "Ma'am, I take care of me and mine." Mm -hmm. And and I said, "You know, I don't have to listen to talking heads tell me what they think I want to hear." Mm -hmm. And you know, and it goes like that point. It's like you have to take care of yourself first. And if you know we have to be a little aware of the political situation and all that. But if you're not taking care of yourself and you're just getting all caught up in that, like it's, you know, it's just like you said, another spiral that we can go down. And I think that you're, you're right on track with all that. Well, here's the thing that I'll ask anybody. What has the national government ever done for you directly? What can you pinpoint to in your life that the national government has really, and I, that's a sweeping question because it's given us roads. It's given us things like yeah. that. But, but beyond that, like what, has a politician that has made you promises ever done for you? Yeah. That's all the question. That's, I mean, I'm not going to answer anybody else's, but I can tell you it's a pretty short list if it's any. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I need to deny it. That doesn't mean that I need to, to dismiss it. It just means that it doesn't play a big role in my life to get worked up about stuff that I'm not going to change. You know, like, right. I, I think that we are given like just very little opportunity to impact change through the system as it's presented. If you want to, if you want to impact change, there are ways to do that. But if you just think that voting, like literally, if you think that voting is going to change any direction of any of it, because as, as you can see right now, I mean, the news this morning says that the small business loans went to all the corrupt politicians, spouses and, and, you know, offshore businesses or whatever. I mean, money's getting shuffled around everywhere, but the point is they're not helping people that need the help. They're right. padding their pockets and lining their friends' pockets. And that's what I've seen for 38 years of, of my awareness of politics, you know, is just it ain't helping the guy that I want to see help, you know. Yeah. So I don't get worked up about it because it's just like getting surprised when a celebrity has an affair. Like, are you really freaking surprised? Like, people do it all the time. Like, why, why is this headline news? Why is this on the cover of a magazine? Right. Because, because people, they give into that stuff. That's what sells. You know, information and, in, in, you know, medical journals don't sell. But that's where the real information is. If you really right. want the truth, look at that. Does it change your day if 
Jen and Brad Pitt don't get back together, or if they do, does that really change your day? But people will spend hours, you know, engulfed in that crap. And it's the same for politics. It's the same for mass media culture. What impacts your life? What changes your life? How can you impact life? How can you change your life? Those are the things that I ask. And like you talked about earlier, like the ones like, you know, the media, the people that are looking at you online, but at the end of the day, the people that you're going to impact, the people that you're going to be with at the end of the day, your family and friends, you're sharing a meal with them. And for me, I'm like, the stock market crashes there. I don't have a phone call. I don't know anybody to call to tell them fix the stock market. (laughs) I don't have the president or the vice president, or I don't have a politician number in my phone to call and say, Hey, can, could you do this for me? Would you mind doing this? Like, I don't have that. And yeah. so I, don't I do, the, I don't get the insider phone call before the stock market. Crash. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, but I have, I have a, I have a, I have a few out here that no matter what I do, no matter what happens, they're going to love me. You know, they're going to snuggle up. I can have a terrible day, but they're going to snuggle up and say, dad, can we play ball? Dad, can we, you know, can we watch a movie? And, at the end of the day, that's, you know, like you said, take care of your own is the biggest thing that we can do. I just think it's a, it's an opportunity. And for the people that are listening to this and saying, man, get this crazy headband guy out here. (laughs) um, I I will say this hunting is the foundation of taking care of yourself. Yes. Like if you can, if you can ever teach a child to fish and you can teach a child to hunt, they're going to eat. And if you can eat, you can live. So this is foundational for me. This is not just some hobby, something that I got into because I got the time and the money to make it happen. This is something I'm going to be on public lands. I'm going to be accessing over-the-counter tags. You know, I'm going to be doing that stuff. Yeah, I got drafted. I got I drew a, a elk tag in Arizona, but that's a, I mean, anybody could have done that. Anybody right. could have put in the same bid that I did. I'm still going to get out and hunt whitetail. I'm still going to get out and hunt turkey. I'm still going to get out and hunt pigs, you know, those kind of things because it is foundational for me. Hunting a turkey sharpens my skill to hunt a deer. Hunting a deer sharpens my skill to hunt a pig. Hunting a pig sharpens my skill to hunt an elk. You know, those kind of things. Every single time that I'm in the woods, I get lessons. I learn, you know, hey, don't rub that one anymore. Look at your arm. You eat up. You got some kind of, you know, I learn these things. You learn these things. People that are listening to this have learned these things. It'd be a scary day if some of the world had to get out in the woods for the first time in in a stress situation, you know. Like get out in these situations, put yourself in, in extreme situations. Now test your resolve, test your skill set, see what you're actually made of. And that is the confidence to know I can do anything in this life. If I can, if I can survive in the woods, I can do anything in this life. Yeah. And I think that's important for us, but also it's important to pass on to mm-hmm. others and our kids. And I mean, this past uh, spring, it's been great because with you know, a lot of us have been shut down and whatever, and I've been able to get out to the woods a little bit more, take the kids, and all of a sudden you see these briar patches. And mm-hmm. you point you point them out. Well, then you go back a couple weeks later and there's white flowers. Yep. You go back a couple of weeks and now there's red berries. And now you're going out now we're going out there and me and the kids and, and wife, we're going out there and we're picking blackberries. How much blackberry cow are you gonna fix? Man, I'm I've got jam. I'm gonna fix all kinds of jam, I tell you that. You ever have uh blackberry dumplings? No, but that no, sounds delicious. So that, that's what my granny does. So like chicken and dumplings? Yeah. She'll take the, so she gets about halfway through a jam recipe, cuts it in half, makes the jam with that half, lets it go a little further. And the rest, she puts in a pot and starts dropping in biscuit dough. Oh, dear. And then she makes a little homemade vanilla ice cream. And you get that half, like that half ready jam. 
and then those dumplings, and you throw that homemade ice cream on top of it. There's no better eating in the world. I did, I Man, mean, that's a you. You have to earn that one, right? You got to Well, <laughs> by birth, I earned her her alliance forever. Right. You don't, you don't want to mess that one up. She, uh, God, you talk about a, a fine person, but yeah, grannies yeah. are awesome, dude. And yeah, and that. But what you're saying is real. Like, that's a beautiful thing for a child to know. Man, this becomes this a beautiful thing. I can appreciate the thorn. I can appreciate the flower. I can appreciate the red berry and I can appreciate the blackberry. All of those things can be appreciated for what they are. But if you don't know that it's the same thing, that's a person because I can appreciate you for your individual characteristics as an individual time. I may not see all of those aspects of you, all of those facets of you the first time I meet you. I don't know Brooks Tiller. I know a little bit about you. I know a little bit more about you now, but I don't know you. You know, there are facets to you that I will never know. And there are some facets that I will know the more we get to know one another. Yeah. So you can't judge somebody. You can't critique somebody yeah. on the first thing they show you. Because if you touch that thorn and say, I'm never going over here again, you miss the berry. Yeah. If you if all you taste is the berry, then you don't know the thorn. If if you see the thorn, you're going to chop that thing down, you know. And Absolutely. You said, so, you know, I, I do I do appreciate that a lot. I mean, that's it's just that, that aspect of life. And I think that, you know, I mean, most people probably couldn't name five things that grow around them and you yeah. know, i think that's just something that we need to we need as outdoorsmen we need to cultivate and help others grow you know grow literally and figuratively take 10 leaves inside and ask your kid to identify them mm-hmm. and when they fail teach them teach them what they are and then take them outside and show them where the leaves came from and then from there show them where the tree came from show them the nut you know what i mean like then then you're actually teaching them about life because that old tree that we love and that old tree that we visited for 20 years, well, he ain't doing so good after that lightning strike. That ain't fair. You know what I mean? That ain't fair. Yeah. That tree didn't ask for that. But that's the way the world works. There's lightning strikes all around us. Every single day has lightning strikes. And you just got to be lucky enough to get through it. And if you have the skill set, if you have the awareness, well, he ain't going to be in a, in a wide open field in a lightning storm. I know that. You no. know what I mean? But, you know, I'm, I'm breaking it down to the simple but truthfully, like there are pitfalls every day, every moment, every second in this life, you know, in, in a, in a relationship, man, you're still going to see pretty women. You're still going to find easy women, but it takes resolve to know, yep, that looks good. Don't need it. Don't have to have it. going to be all right if I don't. And a lot of people never get there. They think they have to have those things. They have to, they think that I'm a bad guy. So this is okay. No, you're a good p- person making a bad choice. You know what I mean? Right. Those kind of things. But we justify, we make excuses for ourselves a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, Brandon, I want to be super respectful of your time. And you're, you know, one of the things I really like, I said, I like about you is the fact that you're so open, you're honest about things, and, and you're not afraid just to be you. And I really appreciate how, how thoughtful and inspiring that you are and how encouraging you are to everyone, both in person, but so and through social media, you're not just putting out the highlight reel. You're encouraging, hey, I had a rough day. And I really appreciate that about you. But before we go, I want you to just share a little bit about, uh, you know, Sorenex and the outdoor aspect. Sorenex Outdoors and kind sure. of what you're doing there. And yep. a little bit, of, you know, and even a little bit about your your podcast and, and mm-hmm. how we can find more about you and uh, Sorenex and what all you're doing. All right. Well, straight up, Sorenex saved my life. Um, Sorenex 
is the brainchild of Richard Soren. He started Soren, or he started Soren Exercise Equipment, and that just became Soren X. You know, it became an acronym of sorts. So, anyhow, he he built this company from the ground up. Literally, was a school teacher. Saw a need to build better uh, jungle gyms and and playground equipment. So he started that because he saw it. Like, hey, these kids aren't getting access to the kind of playground equipment that I think will benefit kids and be quality equipment. So he started building that. Well, it all rooted from the fact that at 10 and 12 years old, he was building strength equipment out of wood. Well, now that he's a little bit older and understands engineering a little better, well, what if I could make myself gym equipment? What if I could make my friends gym equipment now that I know how to weld a little better? Now that I know how to build things a little better, that's where the Sornex exercise equipment started. We outfit the New England Patriots, the LA Lakers, the Dallas Cowboys, the, the highest clientele of the highest clientele. We outfit them, and 100%, Sorenex is not an, an exercise company, an exercise equipment company. We are a people company disguised as an exercise equipment company. And when I met Bert Soren, Richard's son, Bert is into the, you know, he's a second-generation owner. And unlike many second-generation second owners that cash checks, Bert wanted to leave his thumbprint on this thing, too. So that kind of he evolved the game. He brought in people that understand the, the global community of business, brought great people around him. Again, it's people. Without great people, you can't do great things. So he got those the right people around. And then I think Richard's an outdoorsman, but his, his effort was into building this company. Bert's effort is into expanding this company. And Bert's thumbprint is on the hunting world. Like that is a part of who he is. If you're ever around Bert, if you're ever at the farm, it's let's go bow fishing. Let's go hunt pigs. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. So it's not disingenuous. It's not an idea where it's like, hey, the outdoors community is expanding like crazy. These companies are making a ton of money. Let's go into that. We have actually been at a slow, slow simmer with what Sornex Outdoors is because we don't know yet. We don't have a full spectrum idea of what it's going to become because it's in those early stages. We've got the land. We've got the, the shooting uh, Kydex or the, the shooting Connex. And then we've got the trail that we shoot the 3D targets on. That's the genesis of it. So we just keep bringing awesome people from the outdoor community down there. What would you do with this? What would this look like in your mind? And we've got an idea of what it's going to be slowly, but it's going to take time and it's going to take the right people. And we are slowly, I mean, you can see we've had Cam Haynes down there. We've had John Dudley down there. We've had some really, really prominent names, but we're also got Mr. Wesley down there. Mr. Wesley's about as OG as it gets. Like that, that dude don't even have a telephone. I don't think, you know, all he's got's the woods and, and, and Turkey calls, you know, I mean, he's just a guy. If you want to talk about somebody that that's worthy of a podcast that will never do one, you need to come down to Sornex and visit with Mr. Wesley. Let him give you a lesson or two. You know, that guy, I mean, you talk about learning a blood trail, you learn about cooking a turtle, you learn about all kinds of things from this guy. And it's, it's a dying art. Mr. Wesley is a, I mean, to me, men like him are a national treasure because they're dying and we're not he's got, accessing. He's got what I call that pawpaw wisdom. Oh, dude, pawpaw wisdom in spades. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got it and he is, and he talks slow and he walks slow and he looks slow. You know what I mean? Like everything about him, like when he turns his head, he ain't turning it fast. You know, he's heard enough sounds that he doesn't spook easy. So he just kind of eases that head around. But that's the way it is, man. I mean, he's at a pace of life where he can absorb it. He doesn't yeah. have to sit here and react. He's absorbing it as it comes. 
where you and I might be a little more, all right, just drive up. He's like, I just waited out, wait him out. He's fine. <laughs> He's out there. He's just doing his thing. He's going to come a little closer, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you get within, you know, a hundred yard deer now becomes a 20 yard deer. You know what I mean? And that's the wisdom of experience. That's the, that's the beauty of experience and the beauty of wisdom in somebody that is a living, breathing relic. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what he is. He's a relic. He's a, he's a transition from times gone by and he's still and lucky enough. He's still floating around the sore farm. So I love it. I love it. But, Oh, as far as finding me, I'm not big on Twitter. I never figured out how to say what I wanted to say in 140 characters. Listen to this. I'm sure you can't, you can't understand that at all, but I, I just, it's not a platform that gets my message across. You know, it, it stunts my message to dwindle it down to that. I struggle sometimes saying what I want to say on Instagram. So if you can see my lives, they're never one or two minutes. They're, they're longer kind of discussionary stuff because I think that's what we're missing. We're a tweet society. And you cannot transfer an idea via 140 characters. You just can't, or 280 or whatever it is now. You just yeah. can't do it. So I would encourage, if I could leave anybody with this, you can find me on Instagram, Brandon Lily 3 or peace, love, and meet. There's no spaces. There's no you know, hyphens or any of that kind of stuff. Um, it's just peace, love, and meet or Brandon Lily 3. And I just think if we can teach ourselves to slow down, if nothing else, that's what this lockdown, that's what the slowdown has taught me that all the things that I thought I was working for going 150 miles an hour, well, I ain't got to go 150 miles an hour to do any of it. I got my family. I got my friends. I got my oasis. That's what I call my house. Like it's a place that I have built to become what I need. I didn't build a house to impress anybody. I built, you know, kind of went room by room and just decided what I needed. What do I want this place to look like? What do I want this place to feel like? What do I want this place to be when somebody comes over and shares a meal with me? You know, I don't want you to leave this place saying, man, you had this huge house. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, cool. Great. I got a big tree right there, too, if you want to look at it. But <laughs> it doesn't do anything if you don't understand what that tree gives. You know, yeah. it's, it's you know, I don't know, man. I'm just on the train of trying to better myself, sharing that process and telling everybody, don't try to be like me. Try to learn from me and learn that you can. That's if I could give anybody one thing the ability and the belief that they can whatever they want to do you can yeah I, I love it i mean and i really i'm grateful for you and i really appreciate you and and the last question i want to ask you is if you can hunt with anyone you can hunt anything you can go anywhere uh who are you with and where and what are y'all hunting two two answers to that if that's allowed uh, uh, you can hey there's no rules right here so i would take my dad my dad's never been hunting in his life um, my dad's made a lot of concessions in his life to be a blue collar worker, to be a guy that put a roof over the head, fed three boys, stayed married to my mom. You know, like I get worked up talking about it, but, um, I would love, I would love for him, him to see me in an element that made my life drastically better. I would love to share that with him, whether he pulled the trigger or just watched or just, Hell, if we don't even shoot an animal, if we just saw a deer, like getting my dad out in the woods more, getting to share those times with him, absolutely. But another one is Bert Soren. Um, <clears throat> I was untouchable uh, whenever Bert hired me. Uh, I had a, you know, I was a very divisive person in powerlifting. I didn't try to make friends, I just tried to win. 
a lot of a lot of companies were like, "This is a bad guy. This is a guy that, you know, he's he's just not a good guy." And Bert saw something in me, asked me to speak for Sornex, asked me to speak at some of their events, and eventually offered me a job. And when I couldn't be accountable to myself, I was accountable to Bert Soren. And um, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be here today without him, a hundred percent. So. Man, if I if I was hunting grouse, if I was hunting anything with that man, I'd go there just to hold his binoculars. You know, the, I owe that guy yeah. everything. So, <clears throat> my dad for bringing me into this earth, and like I said, when you realize that you're going to die and you start your second life, Bert Soren was there, and uh, I'll never forget it for as long as I live. I'll never forget it. I mean, he for you, he when other people saw the briars, he saw the potential for a black bear. Yeah. But uh, he'd, uh, he'd seen enough thorns and knew what was coming because he, yeah. he had these conversations with me behind closed doors when people wouldn't give me a chance, yeah. you know, and, and he did. And uh, I'll forever be grateful for that. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't have anything to offer Bert. Bert had everything to offer me. And that's that's what I try to pay forward. I don't ask yeah. anything of anybody. I just ask what I can give. Well, man, I, I appreciate you. And I'm grateful just for the time, for your honesty, for – just opening up and sharing with us your life and, and your thoughts, because it's, it's great to hear somebody who's been where you've been as one of the strongest, like you said, you, you know, you're the strongest, best power lifter in the world and you have evolved and, and become even greater than probably you ever thought you could have been even on, on sitting there on that, on that powerlifting stage. Platform to purpose, brother. Exactly. I love Plat it. I love it, man. I appreciate you so much. And I'm grateful. Everybody make sure you check out Brandon. He's an amazing man. What you heard here, check out the podcast, the be legendary podcast. And yeah, yeah. I, sorry. The be legendary. No, no. Let, me, let me say something about that real quick. It, it is, it is a growing project. And that's another thing. It's kind of like Sornex massages things very slowly. We, we tiptoe into it. We're about at a hundred episodes. I think we're at 91 or 92 this week. And I'll be honest, I sucked at a lot of the episodes because I didn't know how to talk to people. I thought I had to, and again, this is something I'm very real and honest about. I thought I had to be great at this. I thought I had to, to take the microphone and be awesome at it. Yes. Day one. But now as this has evolved, they brought in somebody else to do some of the other stuff on, on be legendary. We got a guy named Trey. We had a guy named Dan McKim. He did some, he was on your podcast. Yeah. Dan was awesome. So now it's the team effort. Now it's not just on me to make this thing great because I didn't know how to make it great. I knew how to get better, but I didn't know how to make it great. But the collective is making something great. And those guys have taught me how to be a better voice on the podcast, how to ask better questions, how to do better intros, how to, you know, just, just be, just be yourself, man. Just be yourself. You were born for a reason. I tell every single person, you did not become the winning sperm to fail. You're a winner. You're, I mean, literally think about it. Yeah. You are, you are the strongest of the possibility of your parents by conception. If yeah. you're the sperm that made it, you weren't an accident. You were intentional. You are the strongest for a reason. And I think people need to remember they are winners from conception. So if you're a loser right now, you have that inherent winner tenacity within you. You're the strong swimmer, bro. Like, yeah, keep going, keep going. Excuse me, but <laughs> that's all right. We got this, but man, it's, it's the truth. Like, yeah. Five or six years ago, the conversation, you would not have liked me because it would not have been the same. It would have been a perception of me trying to present you with a perception of who I thought yeah. you wanted me to be. Be yeah. yourself. 
And I, and I feel that for the podcast. Like I'm, my hope is in a year or two, maybe we'll be hanging out at Sornex and we'll do another podcast and I'll, we'll oh, look back at this one and I'll be like, man, that was terrible. But, but you, you know, we're always Nashville, growing, right? always getting better. Yes, you, sir. you need yeah. to just drive to me and ride down with me. I oh, just yeah. live in Kentucky. I'm just. Oh, I know. I, 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 I think we, we've checked, yeah, ch- chatted a few times about me coming to go hike. I want to hike some mountains with you. Cause Come I'm, up here, I mean, man. I'm at 300 feet above sea level. And so when I go to Idaho to hunt elk, it's, I've got I'll put you through a workout. Come on. I, up here. If I'm not in shape, I mean, I may be in shape, but there's a different shape when you're climbing a mountain. It, you know, Absolutely. You, you know, but anyway, but you know, I definitely want to come up and hang out with you. And, and, uh, like I said, going to soar next and just hanging out there is one of those things that's on my bucket list to do. And of course, this whole COVID thing and all this craziness this year is like just throwing everything for a loop. But hey, we're going to overcome it and we'll be all right. So, absolutely, brother. Yeah, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And hey, everybody, remember, stay humble be hungry, and get healthy. Thanks for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you. And I would really appreciate it if you would share this. Give us a rating. Give us a ranking. Let us know what you think about the show so we can make it better to help you get better.